Good morning, Eugene. Morning. How's it going? Going good. How are you? Uh, a little tired from the from the whole week, but pretty good. How are you doing? Doing okay. A little tired, but tax season is hopefully finally over. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I think so. All right, so what are we talking about today? Entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> um, I think what you mean is the mindset and the spirit, right? Or so we talked. Did we talk about kind of discussing um, the roles that we play, the mindset, and um the spirit, I guess, what it, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think mindset is an interesting sort of word for it because so many people just assume that they have to go to work and they have to provide for themselves, their families, their lifestyles. But I feel like you kind of get pushed into some direction based on your upbringing or your experiences or your like early career moves. And when you see everyone around you doing a similar thing, it's very easy to make those connections and kind of pursue in the direction that your local network is like participating in. So I almost feel like you don't, really have a choice in the beginning and then you get to kind of learn about where you are see other opportunities and pursue them if you want but i it it, it still feels that you don't really have a choice as as far as jobs go unless you really try to break out of that place where you were placed into for lack of a better word I guess I somewhat agree. Um, I feel like we often get pushed into something, or actually sometimes not even pushed, but more like um, circumstances turn out, like you get a job after college and then um, you kind of get good at it, but you don't necessarily love it. So you stay in it, you stay in it, you stay in it, and then you're kind of stuck, you know, making decent money but not really having passion for it. Right. And I think so many people, uh, and maybe now and in the future more and more with hopefully a push towards lower income inequality, people will be able to choose, Hey, I'm really passionate about cooking. I can make that a career or they can do something similar. Maybe someone likes driving they could get into like the transportation industry or someone likes computers and they can get into technology. But from my end here, I got into technology like right away after college and I feel like I can't switch because I'm in a, like a niche field that pays me what I need to get paid but switching to a different profession that I may be more passionate about, 
I don't see a way to not take a huge pay cut. And with society being what it is, like the student loans I have, the the other pressures of maintaining like the lifestyle that I've sort of built up, it makes it much, much harder for me to decide to switch away from the field that I already know something about. Yeah. I know someone who switched kind of mid-career and he had to take a pay cut, like a significant pay cut. Yeah, and even even within similar fields, if I if I go out, so I'm like a software tester, if I go out and learn a bunch of stuff and decide to be a project manager or a programmer, I still feel like I'll end up taking a pay cut, even though on average those jobs tend to pay more. I lose that seniority that I built up. And a bunch of other careers or jobs or professions, they have like a pretty low salary cap. And I feel enormous pressure staying in my software testing sort of universe because I know what it's like and I've reached a level of seniority that I'm comfortable with. And it would take something, something like big to motivate me to switch and incur that pay cut. Um, what do you think? Why do you think um, people kind of, I don't want to stay, say stay in the field, but more like um, don't start out on their own. Um, what uh, mental state do you think uh, uh, what mental state do you think they they are in versus where do they need where they need to be to 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 take that leap not necessarily to switch careers or switch fields but to switch from working for someone to um to working for themselves i think that's more of a mindset of companies used to provide these benefits and there's still this stigma in society that you should find a job and work there for the rest of your life or at least for a very long time and that that career path of you start off in the mailroom and work your way up to the CEO it's still so pervasive but on on the other hand of that, small business is also in very high regard in like sort of American society. And you always hear how small business is like the engine of America and how important it is. And there are tax incentives and other incentives to get people to open their own businesses, to open up shots or restaurants or do, I guess, consulting sort of falls into that as well. Yeah. But how do you balance that with I'm going to quit my job and start my own thing when that scene is so important to societal structure? Um I think the from what you're saying and from what I know 
I feel like the mindset of a an entrepreneur at heart, I mean, we all kind of don't know most of the time whether or not we are entrepreneurs at heart un until we actually start or do something. But um, I, I know someone who was a highly paid executive um, at a company for years and, uh, you know, brought on huge contracts and all of that. But um, he always wanted to do something on his own. So I guess his mindset kind of looking back um, was kind of a free spirit, I would say. Um, for, uh, also, I have Siri coming up for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, so, um, free spirit, um, independent thinking, uh, no fear maybe, or maybe that's not the right mindset, um, feature because a, a lot of entrepreneurs actually are, I don't want to say afraid, but more like concerns, so even, especially if they have families, this guy specifically that I'm describing um, this was about 30 years ago uh, that he did that. And he was making a ton of money, you know, working for a huge company, but he was working a lot and <clears throat> he wanted to be free. And he always knew that he wanted to start something. It was just a matter of time. And then um, after they had um, a second child, he decided that that was, was the time. I don't know if it was the right time or not, but it worked out really well at the end. But um, he, you know, his... Uh, wife's friends were asking like, what the hell are you thinking? Why are you letting him do it? And she said, well, he wants to do it. Who am I to say anything? And I mean, yes, this was 30 years ago and maybe the importance of health insurance or other benefits wasn't as um, huge as it is, or maybe it was, um, I don't know. But I feel like, like he, I don't want to say it was fearless, but I feel like it's close to that uh, character trait or that mindset. He was like, you know what? I'm going to make it. I, I'm going to start with this. And he started with a um, catalog sale business. Uh, he was mailing boxes out of his basement um, and stuff like that. And then actually sold that business right before the online kind of became, um, you know, the it, the online sales, the eBay, the Amazon, whatever. This was way back. This was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, so all of those, um, all of those online selling agent, um, engines before they came around and, um, he sold that business, then he started another business. So he, you know, working for maybe 30 years as an employee, he knew, he always knew that he wanted to do something on his own. And I guess at, at the age of 50, or it was maybe a little bit earlier than that, 45, he was like, that's enough. Like, I'm going to, if, if, if there is a time to do it at that time is now. So I feel like that may be one of the basic, um, kind of thoughts that a person will go through. What do you think? It's interesting because so you start off, you you get your first job. I'm thinking of like back in the day where there were 
professions and you had to become an apprentice and sort of work your way up that way, not so much in the corporate sort of way that I'm used to. And I'm sure in more rural areas of the country and of the world, that's still kind of how it goes. If you if you want to get into a certain profession or a career, you have to kind of start at the bottom and work your way up. And it makes sense because if you're doing something technical or something that requires years and years of experience, it's important to train under like a, like a more senior master's level sort of person. But in entrepreneurship or I guess just regular small business ownership, you, you have a person that sees like, like consumer need and sees that they can provide a service or a product that will benefit a certain group. And then they go out and like make that product and sell it. And that's sort of how it starts where from where I'm sitting, I, I don't really have that urge to, or I guess I don't have the track record. I, I don't, I don't find myself seeing needs and wanting to fill them. And maybe because I'm just starting out all of the, all of the sort of issues that I'm in, in, uh, encountering, I, I can find existing solutions for. So maybe at some point, if I'm like vigilant or aware that this is a possible career opportunity, I could be on the lookout for something that's missing. And when I see it, I could jump on that opportunity and try to fill that need myself. Or even if I'm using a product and I'm unsatisfied with it in some way, I could choose to make a better version of that product. But personally, whenever I go down that path and just think about what it would take to to get to the level of me building something equivalent, not even better, to the product that I'm using that I have some sort of issue with, it just seems like so much work. And then the more I think about it, the the less uh, confidence I have that I could replicate what already exists and then add to it in a significant way. And I see that there's benefit in having like competition. And if there's an app that I use and I, and I choose to like create a competitor for it, I see that as like a, like a net good that there's competition and the, like the two apps will slowly get better together because one company does something and then the other one tries to one up them and then at the end the consumer wins like classic competition but when i when i think about what it would take to figure out customer need and like build the thing and then market it and spend a bunch of time trying to sell it it becomes overwhelming, especially when I'm in a career that I can just 
go to work, there's no external need for me to be pushed to like make my own business where I could see other people that feel trapped or frustrated in their job and they have an idea and they, they feel very strongly in their idea. They would be the ones to be more motivated to make it actually happen or I would fold. Well, so what I, what I heard from you and what I kind of wrote down in our show notes was that the first and probably one of the most important uh, mindset uh, features or mindset, I don't know, characteristics um, of, of someone who maybe is ready to become a business owner or just to try things out. It doesn't have to, you don't have to call yourself a business owner or an entrepreneur to, to be one. <clears throat> is identify or seeing or identifying a void or a need and having an idea about how to fill that void is that right that's that's one way one way that gives me a little bit more hope for myself is that i could find something that i like doing uh writing is kind of an easy example because i generally like writing whenever i have to write emails or notes or little journals, I, I do really enjoy that process. And I see very many creative types that sort of identify as writers and they they just allocate an hour, two hours of their day to to write. And they're less worried about what it'll become. And they're just, it's almost like a hobby. And then they spend some time to edit and figure out what this thing they wrote was so then that writing can become uh like a scripted podcast or a blog post or a like a youtube video and or maybe they'll try to sell it in some like uh, magazine or some other like blog type and that gives me hope that you can sort of have a hobby but in the background see that you can take an aggregate of this thing that you do and try to monetize it i think that's where kind of a lot of folks fall meaning fall into uh the that um category of folks of people who try things out like you described um i don't know if it's ideal i feel like it's more of a, it feels like you're kind of, um, it feels a little bit on the lazy side. You know what I mean? Like if you're really passionate about it, don't hope that it's going to work. Um, think about ways of monetizing it uh, earlier, you know, rather than later. That's what I think. Right. And I think that sort of separates the the people that are, entrepreneurs in the real definition of the word where they they see opportunity and their job is to spin up these businesses and fill like needs but when i think of the difference between an entrepreneur and a small business owner it's that entrepreneurs they they sort of move on and they have many of these businesses where just the regular small business owner has an idea does it and 
that's it for them. They have this passion and yeah, it, it might evolve. They might need to pivot the business to make it more uh, profitable. But I don't think that I don't mm. like there's overlap. Think, yeah. I think you're onto something. And what, what I think you're saying is <clears throat> that you, there are two types of business owners or entrepreneurs. The, regular one, which is like you said, you know, someone who just wanted to be free, someone who just wanted to, um, be on their own, um, do something on their own and, and someone who, Oh, you know what? I'm going to build this business up and then I'm going to sell it. And then I'm going to, uh, start something new. So like, that's a serial entrepreneur. That's you can, those folks are usually, usually come out of the you know, entrepreneurial closet, so to speak, early on in their life. Um, you could see the the kind of the, their attempts to to do that early on. Even in high school, I have a client who um, had like, th- well, has three sisters, three or four sisters, can't remember. Um, <laughs> and when he was 16 or 17, uh, he said that he was selling more Girl Scout cookies than his sisters were. <laughs> so like, he was like, I was a serial entrepreneur before I even knew what that, any of that meant, but you are right because there are, there is a little bit of an overlap for a short period of time while that's, you know, serial entrepreneur, while he or she, <clears throat> they, well, they kind of, uh, build up the business, they're fully invested in that business. But once they've achieved a certain milestone, they move on. They sell the business or they partner with someone who can manage it and they move on to the next. Right. And that might show not a weakness, but a preference for a certain kind of work. So if you start a company and you're by yourself and that's just not the kind of work that you want to do, you might push it in the direction of having a couple employees and you as a small business owner might like appreciate having five employees, 10 employees. But let's say the the goal isn't to employ people, it's to make the business more profitable, more successful. So you try to grow it. And then you find yourself with a hundred people. And what I see from startups is that those initial CEOs, they're very happy working in a company with 20, 30, 40 people. But once it gets to 300 and maybe you get some funding and you now are accountable to have these like company goals that it has to grow or have a, a crazy amount of sales, I think that some sort of starter CEOs, they burn out because that was never what they wanted. They never wanted to run a huge corporation. They, I feel like their skill set is in starting the business and growing it and maybe selling it. And then they could move on to do it again. But then you have another group of people that are like, great, this company has 300 people. Let's grow it to 3000. That's a different sort of job. And I see that on a smaller level with managers. So I work with a lot of developers and 
many of them are very passionate about the computer science, the the tools, the new the new hot stuff that comes out every couple months in tech. And if you're good at your job and you show some people management desires, they will be promoted to managers, but I almost I almost always see the people that are very into the tech, they they get promoted to team lead, to manager, to whatever. But then once they move on and get a new job, they they start off as a developer and they never want to start as a manager where other people, they're more into the people management side of things. And it's almost like it doesn't matter what industry they're in. They could be a QA manager, a development manager, a, a project manager that oversees other ones. Those people are just interested and passionate about like career development and helping people do the work that they're interested in. And I also see those as like two fundamentally different things. And it's almost too bad that tech people that aren't interested in being people managers are pushed in that direction because of the money, because of the benefits. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. Um, and I agree. I actually just made notes about the fact that there, um, there are those startup CEO types. And I feel like that's exactly what a serial entrepreneur is. They don't necessarily want to manage the business for a long time. They don't necessarily want to get to a point like of Amazon, you know, starting out in a in a basement office and getting to this huge company with millions of employees. I don't know how many employees they have, but uh, <laughs> um, but like so so Jeff Bezo- Bezos uh, he he was, he's okay managing a huge company like that, but there are a lot of people like you're saying are not, they just want to keep starting new businesses, filling new voids and kind of, um, that's all they want to do. So I feel like it's a career in and of itself. (laughs) Right. And working for a large company, I see people going the other way. They, they start off a small company or maybe they join a small startup. They, they work their way up in that small startup and then they become this bigger manager and then they can pivot and become like a VP or an EVP at a larger company managing hundreds of people. And that was almost their goal. And instead of working your way up at a large company, they they went out on their own and then they were hired as an expert at, at a person growing a company. So I've seen people go like from entrepreneurship back to large scale people management. Interesting. And would you would, when you said that they're hiring this person that person will be hired full as a full-time employee, is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I mean imagine uh, a a small company, they have a CEO and that company's pulling in I don't know, $10 million a year. And you have a larger company that is doing billions of dollars of sales. It's enormous. And they are looking for an EVP of like some some industry. And 
they look at the they look at the market and see which companies sort of fill that role and that big company can try to poach the the CEO of a smaller company and offer them, you know, more stability, healthcare, whatever whatever sort of benefits that person wants. And I think that that kind of transition also requires a different person. I've known like starter CEOs that are unemployable. They can only work for themselves making these companies. And I think it's almost like a personal preference or having to do where you are in your career. Maybe you don't want to report to some huge command chain of a huge company and you just want to worry about telling your six people what to do. But I guess that gets tiring and people just want to try something else. I think what gets tiring is the uncertainty, especially like now, if you think about it, um, the, you know, the, the COVID crisis kind of taught us that they, no matter how powerful your business is, um, you are susceptible to a crisis like that. Um, some businesses will thrive, but some businesses won't um, anymore. Um, so I feel like that uncertainty and I, I mean, I think we talked about this uncertainty before, you know, when we discussed just like working full-time versus working for yourself. But I think that uncertainty of running a business, if it's not run well enough to sustain a lot of profitability, you know, a lot of, I mean, it's a topic for another conversation, but um, I feel like when you run this business, um, and you don't run it so that you have confidence, you have a lot of cash reserves and you have a lot of um, <clears throat> kind of uh, backup or whatever, uh, whatever you, you may call it, that gets tiring because you're always on the living from, you know, customer payment to customer payment, next big sale to next big sale. Like that absolutely gets tiring. Yeah. And, and that's a big part of what sort of stops me where I know that I can have an emergency fund for myself. But if I go out and start employing people, I would want a much larger cash reserve. So so I won't let those people down. And maybe some people aren't as worried about that and they maybe they have more confidence and they just they just know that they'll make it and if they can hold out for 2 years, they'll be fine. But I feel much more conservative and like I, I want to help employ people. I want to have that job of I'm making an interesting thing to provide to the people that I care about or like provide a service to the community that I live in. But I'm, I'm very worried to let people down to, to have it not work out. And I feel that some people are just more confident that they'll be able to fill that need and they're the best and their idea is a net good. So it's worth the risk to try it, even if it ends up failing. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, it's it's not easy um, to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner. Uh, it's definitely requires some mental 
capacity, mental readiness or whatever. So in the next couple of episodes, we're actually going to have really cool guests. Um, one of them, Darren, is uh, a partner in this company called 34 Strong, where they help businesses basically um, build their team around each person's strengths. Um, and so he, you know, he will provide a lot of the insight about the mindset and about the kind of the, um, thoughts that, that people experience and though, and what are, well, so we'll, we'll discuss kind of what, um, uh, what it takes to be, to be a business owner and why or why not you should be one. Um, and then Amber is a money coach. Um, and she's, she's great because she's very, she, the way she works with her clients is actually very, uh, very unique, I feel. So, um, uh, I'll guess we'll finish up for today and then we'll see you guys when we interview our guests. Yeah. See you next week. Bye.